This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's Friday. Good afternoon, Dan Cilio National Football Show. Hope all are having a great day as we finish off the week going into. What will be a great weekend for all us? Get this next week, man. We have full NFL preseason game, slated games. We're back in action now. All the teams are going to be looking to potentially make a move. There's going to be significant cuts. College football is right around the corner. I got to think we're like within 35 days from the start of college football as well, Labor Day weekend. I mean, it's crazy, right? So we are here. Last night, it actually kicked off a little bit here with Steelers and Cowboys at the Hall of Fame game. And it was really great to see all the Hall of Famers. Peyton Manning was spectacular. Troy Aikman, Joe Buck. There was Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones. That was really a great story. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. And it really did, you know, signify the beginning of the 2021 season last night. Wasn't it great also to see all the fans in the stands last night? I thought that was great, man. I mean, I'm looking forward to it this coming fall for both college and pro. One thing that we missed out a lot was not having the passion of the fans, especially in the first half of the season. We got a chance to see some fans at the Super Bowl and some fans towards the end of the season. But, man, there's nothing like football when you have a full house, people screaming, great atmosphere, great environment, especially in the college game. So it's going to be great to see all that this coming fall, and here it was last night starting off. Real quick, before I get into typical overreaction by a particular fan base and stupid media people, this is all with the Eagles and Deshaun Watson. I'll get to that here in a minute, but I thought that was pretty dope last night, having Jerry Jones basically say that uh, Jimmy Johnson is going into the Dallas Cowboys ring of honor. And I thought there was something that people kind of glossed over when Jerry was asked a question by, you know, the guy sitting there on the desk. He says, yes, we'll be in the uh, ring of honor. I'm wondering if he's going to put himself also in the ring of honor the same time that Jimmy Johnson goes in. Now, coach was awesome. He's like, while I'm alive, that was all good. And, you know, then Troy really kind of put a bow on it saying this is all we ever wanted as players is to see you guys back doing something like this together. There was too much of a friendship there. There's too much of a long lasting relationship that they had. I mean, those guys were friends for over 50 years. I mean, tight friends. And it was clearly fractured over what went on. Get this over success. It shows you, man, it doesn't take failure to break up a marriage. You know, you can have success and break a marriage up. Those guys had that thing humming on all cylinders. By the way, if you were to tell me how Jimmy's uh, dynasty would have matched up against Belichick's dynasty, I would have told you Jimmy probably would have had younger players all the time, and they would have won five, six, seven Super Bowls as well. Remember, I told you this the last couple of days. That team that Jimmy built 
and Dallas was the youngest football team in the NFL at the time. And they were coming off their second Super Bowl win in consecutive years, only the seventh team to go back-to-back. There's only seven of these things, and Jimmy's team was one of them. And they ended up winning three in five years with Jimmy's guys. That team was set up for really a long time, and there was a great foundation, but the foundation ended up eroding. Why? Because there was no maintenance done on the building. And when you're not doing maintenance by replacing, you know, great players with great players, replacing great coaches with great coaches, it's going to erode. And that's what happened. And that's why the last 25 years, Jerry's only had three wins in the postseason. Think of that for a minute. As general manager of that football team, since Jimmy left, he's had three wins in the postseason. That's not a way to get it done, is it? Anyway, like I said, to come back full circle, I can't wait to hear Jimmy's speech on Saturday. My coach is a pro football Hall of Famer. Really cool. All right. Exactly what I expected yesterday from the media people and also certain publications when it came to the Deshaun Watson Eagle story. Now, just to recap, we tweeted out that there was conversations with the Texans and the Eagles between Nick Casario and Howie Rosen that there was a package on the table. What would it take? A preliminary package was on the table. Two ones, Devontae Smith, maybe another player. Personally, what's on the table now, it's not going to be enough. So in typical knee-jerk reaction, you had everybody in the media and you had everyone who, for whatever reason, has fallen in love with a player that they've never seen play one NFL down yet, saying that this was a horrible deal. Cilio, you don't know what you're talking about. As I say that to you, I will always remind you, you know, scoreboard, bitches. The people that come on this program are the people that make those decisions. You think I talk to dot-com podcasts, nobody? You don't see people like that on our program. Johnny Smith, third writer for the Allentown News. I don't do that. I get the guys on that go thumbs up, thumbs down, like Caesar. I get the coaches on. I get owners on, like Stephen Jones. Those are people that come on my program. Not Johnny Podcaster guy going, he doesn't know anything and everybody else is lying but you. No, dude. I told you this yesterday. I'm not a journalist. I'm a guy that just has great connections and friends in the NFL. And if you don't like it, keep watching the show. Thank you, 4 to 6 Eastern, each and every single day. And I know you do. Because there's no way on the planet you get those people that we get on right there. Right there, right there in the corner? You don't get those guys out. This show does right there. That baby does right there. We're going to get Nick Sirianni on, okay? I guarantee you, potty guy. So I'm going to start calling these guys potty caster guy because all they do is spew crap and throw shade on everyone else. And I'm going to tell you why they're doing that. And I'm going to tell you why people like Mike Florio or other people are starting to downsize this story and maybe even try to send it in a different direction. Why do you think that is? It's called accessibility. Remember where we are now, friends? So when somebody throws something out, 
that there is a potential deal for Deshaun Watson. You got guys in training camp right now that you haven't even evaluated after the first exhibition game. You don't want that thing gathering steam and starting to roll downhill for you before you got players coming to the GM's office. What you're hearing Florio and some of these other guys do, there's been no contact. Really? You think for a player like that, I want you to take a look at how obnoxious that is, that anybody, the big league went after, is it big league or big lead or no leads? That's that website's new name, the no lead. Put my name in a conversation of like absurd tweets. So the no lead posted it in there because they don't know. You're telling me a guy that makes $38 million who's in training camp with the Houston Texans right now and a defensive backs number, second team safety, running scout team, nobody's calling for him. Who in their right mind would think that? And by the way, he's taken no snaps. You know what the NFL Network just posted as a Chiron? Tyrod Taylor to potentially start first game of the year for the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson hasn't taken a snap yet as quarterback with the first unit. All of a sudden, they're going to just drop him in week one with no training camp? Common sense. Start start using it here. I'm going to take you down a little journey here, too. Okay, so what they have on the table, there's, that's not going to be enough. I'll tell you something else that's happened. There's no question that NFL teams have been given direction by the NFL Players Association, by D. Smith, and also by Troy Vincent in the NFL on where they are in the process. Let me ask you, let, let, let's do this common sense-wise. Jesus Christ, I can't, you know, I can't be the smartest guy in the room because you know why? I know I'm not. If you had a person that had 22 sexual cases against him, in your community, say Deshaun Watson lives in your community and you have three three daughters, do you truly believe that you would want that guy in your community and not in jail, or at least the district attorney, to have a charge against him so that he could be under some type of house arrest? 22 sexual assault cases? Really? And you're letting that guy, if you're the Houston police or the district attorney, just roam around, go to training camp with the Texans? That's also a common sense thing. So where does that leave us? There's no doubt the NFLPA and the league are monitoring this thing every day. Maybe every half a day, they're getting updates on it. Here's where we are. They're negotiating. Don't you think anybody around the league that calls the league like an owner, hey, if if you're Cal McNair, the owner of the Texans, and you're wanting to move him, don't you think you want it out there 
that here's where we are. The cases aren't going to be heard until next spring. Um, many of the cases are being uh, resolved as we speak. There's some of these cases where, get this, I don't know how this is possible. Deshaun didn't even meet the masseuse. He didn't even meet him. I guess it was just trash talking on Instagram. Hello, Ben Simmons. Right? So some of this, some of these people, he didn't even meet. It was like, it was like sexting. Yeah, that's what I heard this morning. It was like some of these are sexting. And they're trying to get rid of these. Let me just say this to you about Philly, too. He took Michael Vick in. You didn't have a problem with that. And if these cases aren't criminal, I don't know what you're talking about here. Right? You had Vick in your you had Vic in a uniform and everybody was cheering his ass. They loved the guy. That guy murdered dogs, man. Everyone looked over that. That was cool. Hey, I'm a Vic fan. I like Michael Vick. I hate what he did. I could separate the two. Because you know why? He's not my best friend. He's a guy that plays on a team in the league. That's all he is to me. These guys aren't your friends. You make them your friends. Relax here. Michael Vick's a bad guy. Who cares? What's that got to do with you? Well, I'm on my team. Oh, Jesus, criminy. Whoever the league will put on these teams that is legally able to play, they will. Fall in love with a guy. Are you kidding me? Well, don't you want character on your team? Characters play it out all the time in people's lives. Not everybody's a perfect person. Okay? I don't know their story, and I don't want to know their story. That's like me wanting to know who SpongeBob is. <laughs> hey, SpongeBob, man. That guy's really a great cartoon. One of the best cartoons I've ever seen. My boy Cal even likes him. SpongeBob, hey, Teletubbies too, man. Them dudes are athletes and actors and actresses, bro. They're all the same to me. I could care less unless I know them. People go, you know The Rock. Yeah, well, I know The Rock personally. We're boys. We're, we're Kane's brothers. I, yeah, there's a difference there. Lex Luger, okay? That guy was a Kane. I know these guys. <laughs> They're friends of mine. I, I, I don't know Brett Favre. What about Brett doing that thing with, you know, the ring and the show and his crank and all that and all that? I don't care. If he got off, I'm not bringing him over to my house for dinner with my daughter. Why are people doing that on the internet? You have no facts yet. Because trust me, if the league had facts, he'd be on the commissioner's exempt list. You're not going to let that story get too out. You think the league is just doing this and the Texans are doing this? Watch. I don't know. Let's see if it plays out and we'll just let it go the way, way it is. That's not what's going on here. That's why other teams have made calls. But now, get this, breaks have been pushed. Why? Because you're going into the first exhibition weekend. That's next weekend. And you want to get an assessment of your guys. Trust me, the Miami Dolphins right now aren't pins and needles because they know teams are hawking the Texans to try to get that guy pried away from them. The Dolphins want him. And actually, Deshaun from the South wants the Dolphins. I'm not necessarily saying that he wants Carolina. 
I don't know. One of the richest owners in the league is in Carolina. Matt Rule's not a bad coach, but I don't know who he is yet. So all of this is playing out behind the scenes here. But you got dumbass fan, a dumbass potty guy. Hey, man, you know, you know, you, dude, do you really believe any reports that any time a story comes out, Adam Schefter lied about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers having a rift on draft night. He admitted it. Don't go by everything people say there because sometimes agents and who else? GMs want stories to get out. And they want a narrative to build. They can, if, if they can get a narrative going, that hurts or helps a client. Maybe it drops the price. Know this. If you are the Eagles right now, do you want a little bit more dirt being brought out on Deshaun Watson? To a point. Because if you I get this, if you're the Texans, you don't want any more noise. But if you're a team that doesn't have quite the assets that the Dolphins have, are you doing this? Hey man, maybe a little bit of the story getting out won't hurt. Drop the value. That's Howie Roseman had a drop value in a player. He's a professional at it. Okay? I mean, that's how they're thinking. Can I get this guy on a deal? You know that guy Joe Mixon? who broke that girl's jaw at Oklahoma, who's going to be like the top 15th pick in the draft when he came out. The, the Bengals got a first-round draft choice, either second or third, I think second. And they didn't have to pay the giant sign of bonus money. They still drafted him, brought him in. This guy broke a girl's jaw. He was suspended for one year as a Sooner. Okay? Broke her jaw. And he just was rewarded this offseason with a new contract extension. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Right? With a brand new contract extension. Talk to me about sexual assault cases. You can't prove it. That guy's playing. And he may be playing for your team this year. So keep an eye on this stuff. And, and trust me, the stuff on the internet right now there's going to be a lot of things being bled out this weekend. Oh, we're not interested. There's no interest and no movement. Nobody's picking phone calls up. Yeah, because you know why? You don't want the guys in your own roster right now feeling the heat about potentially something coming down the pike. Common sense. Hello. Use your brains. All right. Speaking of contract extensions, Josh Allen, 100 million bucks. They're done. I, I I had heard, I thought it was up to 150, but I'm going to go by, I saw a couple reports, 100 million guaranteed. Boy, man, they love this guy. And when he came out of Wyoming, remember what the whole thing was with him? Remember them racist tweets? Something like 17 or 14, he wrote some stupid stuff as a kid. First thing he had to do was apologize to everyone in the locker room for being a, a, a Nimrod and, uh, you know, throwing these dumb racist tweets. Well, in the process, he just got a hundred million bucks today. Guaranteed. What's the deal? Two fifty eight. <laughs> Jesus. Criminy. Right. Look what the bills did for him though. The bills consistently built around him. Think the Eagles built around Carson Wentz. Or do you think they were just kind of like, 
feeling the love from winning the Super Bowl, they, they just said, I'll stand pat. You think they really added to continue to make that guy better? They had two snowflake wideouts. The team was still drinking from the Lombardi trophy. We're here, better yet. How about that Josh Rosen dude who was drafted in the same? I think Josh Rosen is like a country club pro now. That guy's out of the league. I mean, he may be some backup somewhere in camp, or he may be like in Canada somewhere. I don't know. But Josh Rosen was taken ahead of this guy, too, to boot. Here, Stefan Diggs, they bring him in. They team him up with Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills. They keep adding O-line and components around. They make sure they're running the ball. And what's happened in the process, he's gotten better and better and better. So much so that even the Wentz and golf deal, they went like this. No, he's our guy. Look what that does to the roster. And what does that send out to the rest of the league? Unlike in Philly, when the coach was asked a question about your starting quarterback yesterday, you know what he said? He couldn't even say it with a straight face. Coach, um, can you name Jalen can you name Jalen Hurts to your starting quarterback for 2021? Oh, we're not there. You know where the bills are? Here's a check for a hundred million guaranteed. Bang. Dude, that's a knockout punch. Then everybody around the league goes, hey man, Buffalo might not be that bad a place to go. They just gave that guy who had all kinds of dents in the fender when he came out of college, $100 million guaranteed. Hell, they went to Minnesota, and they fleeced Rick Spielman for one of the top wideouts who just had 100 catches. I don't know, man. Maybe that Buffalo ain't that such a bad place to go and play. This quarterback may actually save the team from leaving that city, too. Think of this for a minute. You just signed a guy for $100 million, and last week, you know what you did too? You told the fans they had, a, they had to pay for a brand-new stadium to keep the team in town. Dude, you're talking about having your emotions jerked. Okay? Hey, we're committed, are you? That's what that is to the fan base, Bill's Mafia. Think of this if you're Bill's Mafia. Hey. You guys are building us a stadium. We're giving this quarterback $258 million. A hundred of it's guaranteed. Don't tell us we're not spending money. If you're Bill's Mafia and people in that city now, aren't you doing this? Hey, man, this ain't like San Diego and St. Louis and Oakland where they don't put any money into the team. They just gave this guy two, a quarter of a billion dollars. I don't know about you, but if I'm a season ticket holder, see, this is not going to go to every resident in the Buffalo area, Albany area, upper New York State area. But you know what it is going to go into? The 70,000 fans that roll into that stadium every weekend. Hey, maybe I am going to up my season tickets here because they vested in the team. Maybe, maybe the taxes will be okay to build this thing. There, there's science to all this. All right.
We will ask our friend Joe Theismann, former NFL MVP and Super Bowl champion. You know, this new Josh Allen deal, we'll ask him about Baker Mayfield because you think May Mayfield's next, right? Or Lamar Jackson. These guys are taking in the same draft. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. I don't think this next guest of ours, he would never remember this because I don't, I don't, I don't think the Washington team was playing those games when he was there at the Yale Bowl when the Giants had to play at the Yale Bowl. My 
My uncle was the general manager of the Giants. His his name is Andy Robostelli, and I'm not sure because Joe, I think, went – I think he went first to Canada from Notre Dame. I think he went up there, then he came down, and then if I'm not mistaken, I think they could have had Jurgensen, Kilmer, and Theismann all in the same quarterback room. Am I right, Joe? Was that right? All three first of, of all – First of all, hello, Dan. How are you? Yeah, hello, Joe. <laughs> you know, you just, yeah, I have so much. I don't, we don't even say anything and I start laughing. I just, I just have so much fun with you. Actually, I, I did play in the Yale Bowl. As a matter of fact, we played the Giants in the Yale Bowl and I'll never forget this. You know, I started my career as a punt returner in the NFL. Speedy Duncan was our punt returner. We played the Giants up there and he needed like, I don't know. 15 yards to set a record. And um, for some reason, uh, after one punt return, they didn't put him back on the field. <laughs> and I remember very distinctly, distinctly, yeah, very distinctly, I remember, very distinctly, I remember playing uh, in the Yell Bowl. Yes, I do. Yeah, you know what was fun about that? That's where I met Bruce Allen. And I'm setting cones up in the um, end zone. Bruce's kid or uh, George Allen's kid setting up the cones like in the um, in the end zone there. We became friends over all these years. And every time I call the Giants, though, and I go, yeah, no, I'm friends with with Bruce Allen. They're like this. Don't ever say this again to me about anybody <laughs> in Washington. As Find long as you ever live. <laughs> Find another reference. <laughs> yeah, he goes like this because Ray Hadley's like their PR guy. Right. And Ray's yeah. like this. Don't ever bring. Don't ever bring Washington guys up. All right, Joe, let's get into some of the stuff that's going on here. So today, Josh Allen gets his $100 million yeah. in contract extension. And, boy, I'll tell you something. For a kid with a lot of, you know, comments that said that work to be work needed to be done when he came out of Wyoming, are you shocked where he is in his progression and how well Sean, McVay or Sean McDermott has developed him? No, not at all. Um, as a matter of fact, it's a credit to the coaching staff and to Josh the amount of work and time he put in to make himself a better quarterback. He was really a gunslinger coming out of Wyoming. I mean, that's the way I would have described him. Big kid, strong kid, throw it all over the place. Sometimes he knew where it would go. Sometimes he didn't. But he's really refined his game to a point right now, and they've added some some weapons around him. Stefan has really made a difference, I think, on that football team for him, as Tariq does for Patrick. Um, and, and these are the numbers we're seeing. I, I'm not the least bit shocked. Am I envious? Heck yeah. But uh, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I, I think it's great. I really do. I, I look at these guys and I go, man, get it while you can. 150 million, 250, uh, six years. Uh, he's going to be a Buffalo Bill. He's proven the big thing to me when you get these kind of contracts is he's proven, Dan, that he has the ability to stay healthy enough to continue to help this football team win. If he was a guy who who played and got hurt, played and got hurt, and I'm thinking of one guy in particular who's struggling with that, and that's Carson Wentz. You know, Carson, Carson had a big payday. Carson's had trouble getting on the field for the last couple of years after he got hurt, you know, scoring a touchdown. So uh, to me, to be able to stay on the field and get better and practice, and I say this to young guys all the time, you have to be able to practice and play if you want to get better at this game. And uh, Josh has done that. So I'm happy for him. I guarantee you there are a lot of other quarterbacks in the National Football League that are going, yeah, Josh, go get it. Because now you set another bar for us. Absolutely. Lamar Jackson probably going, well, awesome move here. You mentioned Carson Wentz. And we had Frank Reich on with us 
a couple months ago, Joe, and they were so excited to get him in the room. You know, you can work on mechanics. You can work on throwing deep passes. You can do all the things to improve your skill set. But the one thing you can't get around is if your injury hurt, if you've got an injury uh, list on you, uh, concussions, ribs, MCL, ACL, now a foot injury. If you're Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Colts, I mean, aren't you doing what John Lynch did last year and maybe Kyle Shanahan? We love this guy. We want him to be here. But, Joe, you got to evaluate the position. Can this guy get through a 16-game schedule? Uh, you know, it's it's exactly the question they have to be asking themselves. Um, you know, certainly Carson wants to. I mean, the want is there. I felt like going to Indianapolis was such a breath of fresh air for him. Boy, I, I felt like I – I said that this year uh, Carson Wentz is going to be last year's or two years ago's version of Ryan Tannehill. Remember, everybody talked about Ryan. Oh, it was a disaster in Miami. Couldn't play. Converted wide receiver. Yada yada yada. Goes to Tennessee. Game away from the Super Bowl. Had a really solid year a year ago. So he's in a different kind of an offense, a different style of offense. And and Frank is, you know, it's 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 similar for him, but the people around him are a little different. So I thought this was going to be one of those really great opportunities for him. But once again, I think he's down now for what. Six, seven weeks, which yeah. will take him into the first month of the season. And he'll miss all that time practicing. I, I hope I hope he could come back this year, finish the season. And I know they're talking about Nick Foles and, you know, what about bringing in? Listen, you bring in a quarterback to quarterback your football team. Forget about personalities. Forget about guys liking one another. It's not a question of like and dislike in this business. It's a question of respecting the people that get the job done. That's what this business is all about. So whomever they bring in to play quarterback or whomever they have play quarterback, you know, hopefully it'll be enough until Carson can get back on the field and, and do the things that Frank feels like he can do. It's a you perfect know, Joe, show for him. I, I, I think, Joe, it comes to just being an honest organization, too. If you're going to talk to one of these guys that you're going to bring in, instead of leading them astray on what potentially could happen to them where you're going to be this, that, hey, you're coming in here as a substitute teacher. If it's Phillip Rivers, maybe that's the route. Maybe they make a trade for Nick Foles. There's a familiarity with the offense. I don't know. I'll throw an outlier out. Maybe you call Drew Brees. Anybody that could sit there and take. <laughs> Drew's going to hang up. Yeah, you, you know, I'll tell you Drew's what, though, go. Joe, you're Hello, hanging up goodbye. for a million bucks. Wait a minute, Joe. You're hanging up for a million and a half a day or a game? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, he just, you know, Drew, Drew, I think, first of all, I think that shoulder gave him an issue at the end of yeah. last year. Right. So how healthy again, here's your question. You're, you're trying to replace a guy with somebody that has a guy as far as a question goes about throwing. I think that would not be a likely choice. Philip could be certainly a, an alternative coming back. And, that, you know, and that's the kind of thing. And also you get somebody out there that plays well. Now, Carson, they want Carson to be the quarterback, understandably. But you get somebody that plays well. You have the Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith scenario all over again, like we had in San Francisco. Alex was the quarterback. He got hurt. Colin went in, did well. Alex is gone. And, and so, you know, I think what we've done here is we've put in capital letters, you have to figure out a way to stay healthy if you want to play in this league for any length of time. Absolutely. Let me get over to Philadelphia now. What would you make of, like, and I'll paraphrase what Nick Sirianni said yesterday, and it kind of carried over a little bit today, the head coach of the Eagles, Joe, he's like, you know, he was pressed a little bit on Jalen Hurts. And, you know, Joe Flacco's in the building. He's won a Super Bowl. I'm not suggesting he's going to be the opening day starter for the Eagles. However, Sirianni was like, um, Coach, are you ready to name 
Jalen Hurts, your starting quarterback, and I'll cut it short, he says, I'm not there yet. I mean, that's why the Deshaun Watson comments and that talk is kicked up. You sure. think they're truly looking at that position and around the league right now? Jimmy Garoppolo, are they trying to upgrade that position? Are they comfortable with Hurts? How do you see the quarterback situation in Philly? I, I, well, based upon the game against Washington last year, you'd have to say, no, they're not comfortable with Jalen Hurts. Of course, I know it was a different coaching staff, but uh, Jalen's going to have to show something in training camp. I went through this with Joe Gibbs, Dan. New broom sweep clean. Coaches want their own. What they have right now, they may look at Jalen and say, okay, we'll live with them for a year, but we're going to go get somebody else. If we need to, we can play Joe. You know, Joe is, Joe hasn't played a lot of football in the last, two, three years. So is, is this an option for you going forward? No. Jalen for them has to be the answer or else they're going to have to go shopping and look someplace else. I don't think it's going to be Jimmy. I doubt if Kyle and John would get rid of Jimmy out in San Francisco. I mean, he got him within, you know, he got him to the Super Bowl. He did the right kind of thing. Now the question is, what do you put around him? They had a terrific defense. They had a great controlled passing game, terrific running game. Are you going to be able to do that in Philadelphia? Philadelphia is retooling right now. I mean, when, when you look at this football team, where, where if you were to say the Eagles are strong, where would you say it is? I, I wouldn't know her. That's the problem. You really have nothing to hang your hat on. Now, in Washington, let's say, you look at Washington and go, where do you think the strength of this football team defense. lies? Well, you got four defense. you got number ones up front. Yep. So you'd have to say on the defense is where they're, they're strong now. Gotten better in other areas. But I, I think this is critical for Jalen to be able to go out and play. I mean, you know, uh, I, I like him as a great competitor. But at the quarterback position, uh, it's, you know, there's question marks. He, he, needs, he needs to play enough football so that they can evaluate him honestly. If I was, the, if I was in Philadelphia, he would be my starting quarterback, unless he just looks so bad in camp that I couldn't go, go anyplace else. I would start him, give him a chance to play a game after game after game after game. I, I think the Eagles are, you know, you're looking to move forward. You're not looking to the, I don't think you should be looking to the top of the mountain right now. I think you should be looking to progress forward. Young staff, new staff, young, young, young group of guys. Um, I would give him a chance to prove to me he can be the player. I Like I say, I went through this with Joe Gibbs. We were 0-5, Dan, in 1981, Joe's first year. He was going to bench me. I went to his house and I sat down with him and I said, we're not on the same page. Tell me what I need to do. And we had an honest, fair conversation. He felt like I was involved in a lot of things in the Washington area, which I was radio shows, TV shows. Heck, I owned the team newspaper at one point. So, I mean, you know, not that it mattered. I still got bad press in my own newspaper, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it's just, it's just crazy. But you have to, you know, you have to fight for the, that's one of 32 positions in the world. There are more heads of states. There are more billionaires. There are more of almost anything except starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. It is a rare, unique fraternity that you get a chance to be a part of. And that's got to be important. Now, if you don't have the skill set to play, that's another thing. But you're not going to find that out in such a sample size. Joe, you, you mentioned Washington. I mean, what's the plan? I mean, look, I, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's yeah. like, watch this. I think he's a good transition guy. No, absolutely zero disrespect 
to the career that he's put together. He's played 17 years. I mean, yeah. he's thrown for a boatload of yards. He's been on nine, ten different teams. I don't know. Nine. Okay, nine. I'm not throwing shade on the guy, but yeah. that's not the future there. Where are we going in Washington at the quarterback spot? You know, anytime any of these big quarterbacks, Joe, the names are being thrown around. I never hear Washington being involved. I think I think Washington is they, they had other areas of this football team that they wanted to get better at. They wanted to get better at the wide receiver position. They wanted to add speed. So they, they brought in Curtis Samuels. They wanted to add linebacker. They wanted to add speed on the defensive side. So they, they brought in uh, Jamin Davis. And, and, and so they've been very, very calculated in the areas they want to improve. They, they believe, and I've been at training camp every day except two, um, that Taylor Heineke has a chance to be able to play. But Fitz has remained healthy. Let's face it. I mean, you look at you play nine different teams. By the way, he has seven children. Every one of them born in a different state. How's That's that crazy? Like uh, a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and and so when when I look at Fitz and I talk, I listen to the guys. They have a great belief in him. He has great command of the offense. You don't have to knock a barn door down with a pass. You just have to get it to the right place in the right time. And Fitz has great command of the offense. They love him in the locker room. He's a heck of a team guy. He's willing to teach Hein uh, uh, Taylor as well as Steven Menez, who's out on the field right now, as much as they can possibly absorb. But I think I think for sure. I mean, what? Seventeen years. He's got to be a stopgap. Now, will Taylor get a chance to take over at some point? You don't know. You just have to wait and see. But uh, Taylor's played five quarters of football. That's all you have to evaluate him against. Four against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and one in the last game of the season. So uh, against Philadelphia. So when you when you look at this football team, you say, yeah, Fitz is probably a stopgap, but could he go another couple of years? Absolutely. It just depends on, again, the people around him. A couple last questions for you, Joe. You know, I'll, I'll ask you a vaccination question here, and not not so much whether you would or not, but as the leader of the team and the – the more quarterbacks I'm hearing, Kirk Cousins today came out and said, I'm not going to answer that because it's a personal decision. Dak said the same thing. Um, I heard Josh Allen even say it's a personal decision. Yeah. It seems to me that the quarterbacks in this league don't want to get in front of it. Are they protecting the guys that aren't vaccinated in the locker room? How do they feel in the locker room? I'm not saying it will divide. But it could divide a weaker group of guys who are just getting together. If you're a young team, on you have part of the team vaccinated, not the other part vaccinated. Do you think it's a quarterback's responsibility to get everybody on the same page? No, I don't. I think as far as vaccinations go, I think it's a personal choice. I've been vaccinated, I can tell you. I understand to a degree where the guys are saying, listen, it's private, it's my own decision. Um, but I, I really believe that the guys on the team know whether or not someone's vaccinated. And so to me, I would, you know, I would highly recommend it for the young, young guys to do as much research as you can and feel comfortable with it. Keeping in mind, okay, that a lot of the teams, some of the teams are at 95%, some of them are at 85. Washington was the lowest team. I don't believe they are at this point now. So other guys have gotten shots. I think you talk to guys who have had the shot. And say, okay, you have had the shot. We're about the same age. How do you feel? How has it affected you? We know that there are statistics out there that say if you're not vaccinated, there's a susceptibility that is greater to the virus than it is if you are vaccinated. Not to say you won't get it, but the fact of the matter is there is a susceptibility that if you're not. The guys that are not vaccinated are going through an entirely different protocol. 
If you have, if you have, if you have contact trace and you're not vaccinated, you're down for 10 days. If you're vaccinated, you're down for five. Here's something to keep in mind, Dan, is there are teams that will play on a Sunday and a Thursday, Washington being one of them for the opening two weeks of the season. If you get a contact contract trace, um, you're gone for five days if you're vaccinated. That fifth day is the game of uh, the Thursday night game. Yeah. So you're not you're missing two of 17 football games. Now here's the other side of it. And this is this is and these are these are just hard cold facts. I'm not vaccinated. I have players on the team that are vaccinated. We reach that terrible point in the season where the league says we can't reschedule your game. So now all of a sudden you whatever team you are and the team you're playing you will now forfeit that game. Both of them will be lose. You will be charged with losses, and and whether you're vaccinated or not, you lose a game check. That's when you're going to see locker rooms divided. That's when guys are going to get upset with one another, and they're going to keep asking the question, "Why?" Now, if you have religious beliefs or there are underlying health conditions that prevent you from doing it, certainly understand that. But I guess if you had underlying health issues, you might not be playing in the National Football League because that probably would have been found out, you know, through your physicals and everything else. So I, I think it is a personal choice. I don't believe it's the responsibility of the quarterbacks to say, I've been vaccinated, you should. I still respect, as crazy as it sounds in this crazy country we're living in, I respect someone else's opinion that they make for themselves and their body and their life. I'm going to ask you about your book here in a second, but I want to throw this at you. I had... You know, it's funny. Every time I get Phil Sims on, I had him on Monday. I think of you, but go with me on this, Joe. And I'll tell you why I think of you too. You two guys played inside. And I don't think the average football fan understands this because I'm friends with Mark Bavaro. And I think Mark Bavaro is a hall of fame tight end, but it was a different type of tight end when what he was asked to do in that offense he was a run blocker. He was a third down seam guy. He moved the sticks. You couldn't name me really a great wide receiver that were on those giant Super Bowl teams. I mean, Bavaro was the guy. And yet when you look at that era, you're never going to see Mark Bavaro's name being considered for Hall of Fame. And you and Phil did the same thing. You played in a Joe Gibbs system. He played in a Parcell system. I mean, I look at you two guys as Hall of Fame. And, you know, the Hall of Fame is this week. You're a former MVP. You have two NFC championship rings. You have a Super Bowl championship. I mean, you pretty much have done and checked off all the things. Do you ever look back on that and go like this? I mean, look, Kurt Warner had a didn't put up the greatest numbers, this and that. And I was in a system that we won ball games, and I was asked to do different things. I'm just wondering how you see your career because, I mean, Joe, the Monday night game, people will never forget that. You were a warrior. LT calls you. He says one of the most – uh, grittiest and greatest players he's ever played against and toughest guys I ever played against. When LT says that, I'm like, I mean, I have nothing but respect for LT when he says stuff like that. Just how do you feel? Well, I, Dan, I appreciate you asking. First of all, this is Hall of Fame weekend. I'm on my way to Canton, by the way. My old high school wide receiver, Drew Pearson, is going in. And I'm going there uh, to to honor him, to let him know that uh, he has done something great for everybody from South River, New Jersey. And uh, I want to be there and have the opportunity. I know Roger is introducing him, and it's just wonderful that every and every guy that's gone in, every member of the Hall of Fame has certainly earned the right to be there. 
It's not our choice as players to say I should or should not be there. That's an evaluation made by someone else. I look at it this way. I wanted to do everything I could to help our football team win and win championships and win on a daily basis. I wanted to be a good teammate. I wanted to be somebody that they they could look at and say, I can count on this guy. All of the awards that come after that are people's opinion of you. And I, and I respect and appreciate every award I've ever gotten. Uh, I thank those people that have been around me. I thank the teammates I played with, the coaches I played with. It, the Hall of Fame is such a great honor. It, it would be fabulous to be considered or, or enter the Hall, but that's not something that I think about. I think, and I think about the guys that have gone in, and I look at their careers, and I think, wow. You know what, Dan? I had a chance to play against a lot of Hall of Famers, and that is one heck of a neat thing to have happen. Would you rather have the ring or the Hall of Fame ring? <laughs> I hate you. I really do. You know, I just, I hate you. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, the Super Bowl ring is is very unique because there's a group of guys that work through an entire year to get there. The Hall of Fame ring honors you for what your accomplishments were over an extended career. So I think both of them have great value. Would I rather have one or the other? No, I'd rather have both, but that's not going to happen. Okay. So I'm, and I'm, but I'm fine with that. I really am. But it's, uh, you know, they're sort of two different sets of circumstances. You should run for the mayor of Newark. All right. Let's get into the book. No, I, I don't. I, listen, what's going on with mayors and governors right now? I don't want any part of anything. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Joe, let me know about the book here. What's this? Um, yeah. yes, I mean, uh, you, you, you text me. I'm honored to get one too. I yeah, I'm going to be sending it. you one. Please let me tell me a little bit about it. Give us a little bit of a synopsis on it. Well, the book is called How to Be a Champion Every Day. It's available on Amazon. And actually, one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life is I actually did the audio for the book. It's available on audio as well. And I didn't realize how hard it was to be able to sit down and read the words that you have written. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a Jersey guy, so I cut everything short. You know, I, I sometimes slur my asses. The plurals don't always come out the way they should, but I had to be very concise with this. It talks about goals and attitudes and opportunities and customer service and teamwork and motivation. And it's based off the presentations that I do. But what I really done is I tried to take this, the things that I've learned in the world of sports, the world of business and my own life and put them into the book and show how each of those areas parallel one another as we try to move forward in our lives. I believe everybody's a champion out there. You're a champion in one way or another. It doesn't have to be on an athletic field. It doesn't have to be in an office. It, it, it's, it's with your family. It's, uh, it's, it's an individual accomplishment. And General Colin Powell, for example, helped me with some stuff on leadership. So it's not, it's not all my thoughts. And uh, it's not a how-to book. It's suggestions uh, that you can look at and say, maybe this works for my life. Maybe it doesn't make sense for my life. Um, and it's, it's only 162 pages. I dedicate it to the men and women of service that protect our country because I love them and appreciate them so much. And the last part of the book uh, is something that Derek Jeter, I think, started this with a, a letter to my younger self. And I closed the book with that specifically because I think of all of us out there, take yourself. If you could sit down and write a letter to your younger self, hmm. what would you tell yourself? Be smarter. 
Well, just, I mean, just a full letter. That's one of the things, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe appreciate, appreciate yeah. more things, Joe, that, you know, yeah. when you and I had our heads down, you know, we never looked up and looked around the room. That's one thing that I've learned from Jimmy this week is that I wish I would have looked up and we could have like maybe celebrated a little more. Some of the things that we did because we were just so focused. Yeah. And that's, that's, see, that's the kind of, that's, that's why I did it. You know, it was a letter. I wrote a letter to my younger self. Of you know maybe maybe I wouldn't have thrown that pass in Super Bowl eighteen, maybe <laughs> I, maybe maybe I would have overridden the coach on that call because I didn't like it anyway. Maybe I wouldn't have punted against the Bears and had a one yard record holding average. You know I mean I you know I had I've listen my life has been so much fun. I look back on the things that I've and more more than anything the people because life's about people. The people I've had a chance to share experiences with has just been unbelievable. But then some of the opportunities that I've had to be able to travel around the world, to be able to meet people of, of distinction and to be able to learn. And this is the, the one thing in the book that, that I really try and stress is that the day you stop learning is the day you stop living. I think, you know, as we have this conversation, you know, I learn from you and hopefully I impart some information that makes people understand a little bit more about themselves or about their team or about me, who knows. But I just think that every day we have an opportunity to get better and better at what we do. Finally here, who would you learn more from, Joe Gibbs or Air Parsegian? Oh, it, again, it, it's very <laughs> difficult. It, it, again, I only I say this because I was so young. I mean, I was, heck, I was an 18-year-old kid in college. What do you know if you're an 18-year-old kid? Terry Hanratty told me to ask you that. Uh, yeah, I bet he did. You know, <laughs> Terry is one of my dearest friends. Actually, you know what? I learned from Eric Parsegian that coaches always know what you're doing, even though you don't think they're watching. Okay. I learned that from Eric. Uh, he, he used to operate out of a tower. I ran a play. I ran a bad play one day. I looked up. He wasn't looking. Went in the huddle, broke the huddle, came out of the huddle. He said, Joe, don't do that again. I'm thinking, how do you know? How did you? You didn't see me. What are you, a psychic or something? And then, and then Coach Gibbs, um, Coach Gibbs taught me so much. I mean, I, I owe so much to Joe and, and the entire coaching staff, Dan Henning and Jerry Rome, and, you know, the men that I had a chance that had actually coached me. Joe Walton. Joe Walton taught me the game of football. Joe Walton taught me about drops. He taught me that you can't settle for average. If you want to be great at this game, you need to work at it. You know, you throw for 300 yards against a team that's not very good. That's not very good. You want to be able to set your sights and standards higher. Now, the thing about Coach Gibbs is I appreciated his attention to detail. I appreciated the fact that he had a way to do things. And we followed it. There, were, there wasn't any I – didn't, I didn't sit there and go, I don't like this, I don't like that. Every now and then he would say, what do you think? But that would happen very, very um, infrequently. So uh, they were both wonderful men. I, and I, I appreciated Jack Pardee. Jack was yeah. the one who gave me a chance to start. And, of course, Coach Allen traded a number one for me. I became a one, number one pick in the National Football League in 1974 when George traded with the Dolphins for my rights. So, I mean, I owe, I owe an awful lot to all of them. And, of course, Leo Cahill was my coach up in Canada. For anybody who's watching up in Canada, I love Toronto. I would have stayed, Dan. Huh. I would have just stayed there. Um, you know, Warren Moon said that to me a couple weeks ago on the show, yeah. that how much he really enjoyed it. But it was, it, it was something he had to do, he felt. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, you, you want to come back and prove it to yourself. Yeah. That, that's really, you know, that's really what it boils down to is, is can I do this? There's two things. Can I do it? I want to prove it to myself. And secondly, will I regret it if I don't? Right, right. That's, hey, that's uh, the big thing. You know, if you make a decision, right or wrong, you would have regretted probably not making the decision.
God, your career, Joe. I mean, broadcasting, Monday Night Booth. I mean, you know, the quarterback of a world champion team in Washington, D.C. I mean, no disrespect to the Tennessee Titans, but champions in Tennessee versus champions in Washington, D.C. I mean, you got you, you got senators going. Let's go, Joe. That was in a very good week last week. So, hey, man, I, I can't tell you how I always appreciate you coming on and finding time for us. Thank you so much, Joe. I look forward to the book, and I look forward to promoting the book because – Again, I, I, I learned a lesson from W. Clement Stone. When I was a young kid, I read The Think and Grow Rich by uh, Napoleon Hill as well. And I yep. read all those books, and I was a young guy, and I went, boy, this sounds like hocus pocus. But then when I got on a football field and I applied it, all those things that you said weren't billboard stuff any longer because they weren't gimmicks any longer. It really was about determination and hard work. You put it together, you're going to get it done. Perseverance always wins. Joe, I can't wait for the book. Thank you, my and, friend. And look where you are today, Dan, a multi-multi-millionaire because of those books. <laughs> Behind I, I just my think bar. You know, <laughs> you, you, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You know, really, when I think of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, all those guys making millions, millions of dollars, you're the other name that fits in that category. When, always when I think of always you, Joe, you. I think of this with Mark Gastineau <laughs> giving me the New York Sack Exchange. I think of Joe Klecko throwing your head into the turf, and I think of Mark Gastineau <laughs> pounding you into the ground as well. I got to I got to tell you a real quick story about the Pro Bowl. Okay, so I, we're playing we're playing out in the Pro Bowl in 1983, and um, we just I mean we won the Super Bowl. That I mean it was you know I mean coming off the plane being the Super Bowl, it's a different feeling when you play in a Pro Bowl that way. So Gastineau's on the other side of the line, and he sacks me, and I looked at him, I said. Don't you start that stupid dancing. <laughs> I said, I'm not interested in that stupid dance that you do. So he starts dancing. I go, okay, fine. So Tom Landry is my coach, right? So Coach Landry is my coach. He sends in a play. Well, I'm pissed, right? I don't want to run the ball. I'm going to throw the ball. So I throw it deep into Charlie Brown. He goes for a touchdown. Gastineau looks at me. I said, see, if you hadn't done that dance, I would have never, ever done that. So that's on you. So I walked to the sidelines and Coach Landry goes, what was that? I said, that's 428. That's a pass, Charlie. You know, we have in our offense. He goes, pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, one of those wonderful experiences in life. Absolutely. <laughs> Joe, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Look forward to you it. You got it, man. That's See my again. friend Joe Theismann. A lot of great stories. A lot of great stories, man. Oh, my God. Joe's had such a brilliant career. And I, I had to throw that. That at him. I mean, because when I think of him, you know, I, I I think of a guy that just led a football team, didn't bitch about anything, went out, won ball games, NFC championship rings, Super Bowl championship rings, all of it. And, you know, not to consider him for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, too. Now, look, he doesn't have the numbers. Neither does Sims. But the game was different. I mean, today the rules are so set up that it's set up for the guys to throw for 5,000 yards and 35 touchdowns. Back then, the game was set up to run the ball, play against the run, do all those things to put your football team in a position to win. It wasn't about wide receivers and yak. You, read, you know, yards after catch, I think that's what – that's like my boy Cal likes that. Hey, you know, this guy here. Hey, Bob, you know, this guy here on Friday night, you know, when we have our draft party and, you know, we have our white wine spritzers 
and we have our Shirley Temples. This guy here, he catches a lot of footballs. They don't win a lot, but they – this is somebody that could be on Cal's team here. Pass the white wine spritzer. That's it. And that wasn't how the game was. And, again, I'm sounding like, oh, man, get off my lawn, dude. I don't want to be that guy. But the game was different. Like, like if you look at Aikman's career, Aikman it was a lot like Joe in that you played within a system, ran the ball with Riggins. John Riggins was a Hall of Fame running back that they had. Their almost entire offensive line was called the Hogs. And Joe Gibbs is the only head football coach in pro football history to win a Super Bowl with three different guys as the head coach of the Washington then Redskins. So it was interesting to hear what he said. He wasn't really surprised about Josh Allen getting his new contract and getting a contract extension. That would lead me to say this to you. Well, when does Baker Mayfield get his? Also, the league is once again pulling it over on the players. I'll explain. Hour two, keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. 
ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.